0: Listen to the Anarchist Wool This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Yes, this is the Anarchist Wool This Week broadcast on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network or via independent radio stations out there who take the Anarchist World this week. If you listen to this program, you like it, well, good luck to you. Do something about it. If you don't like it, keep listening. You may learn something. You may learn something on the Anarchist World this week. If you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchos without rulers, society without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You create a society without rulers by devolving power and keeping wealth in common. What gives a ruler power? Inequalities in power and wealth. Simple. The more hierarchical a society, the more power Individuals and in small groups are over exercised over millions of people to promote their own interest at the expense of the interests of the population as a whole. So very simple concept, anarchy, a society without rulers. So keep listening to the Anarchist World This Week. My name is Joseph Scan and I'm hosting today's program. Now I think this could be a boring program, but usually most good programs are boring programs because you know, if you want excitement you can, go to the, you can go to the pickies, you know. If you want excitement, you can, you know, play with a wasp. But if you really want to learn something, have social interaction and social intercourse, learn what's happening in Australia today, well, this is the program for you, the anarchist world, this week. And if you disagree, well and good. If you agree, it's not enough to agree. You need to act to make that new world in your heart a reality. Because nothing happens unless you're willing to take action. Let's start off with Reclaim Australia. Now, I'm going to make a confession. The anarchist world this week is about reclaiming Australia. But not reclaiming Australia from some persecuted minority, but reclaiming Australia from the real puppet masters in this country. That small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. That small section of society that doesn't pay income tax. That small section of society that manipulates the parliamentary system to ensure it continues to have its privileged existence not examined. So that's what Reclaiming Australia is all about. It's about ensuring the Commonwealth is used for the common people. It's not about putting the Commonwealth in the hands of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders, whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits irrespective of the human social environmental and national costs. That's what Reclaim Australia is all about. And what I've said in this country, I've said on this programme for the last thirty eight years. I've said it's very, 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 very easy to point the finger at the other. To point the figure of the person who's got a different language. A different religion, a different culture, a different way of life, a different gender, a different gender orientation. It's very easy. It's simple. It's simple politics. Very simple. It's the type of politics which are encouraged in this country, it's the type of social interaction that's encouraged for as long as those without power squabble among themselves about the most inane subjects coming to blows over nothing, as long as those that are dispossessed, as long as those who are marginalised, as long as those who survive on the crumbs which are brushed off the corporate table, fight amongst each other the real movers and shakers continue to exercise power and acquire wealth think about it you know just think about it we always need scapegoats don't we we love to have scapegoats because if we got some scapegoat who's as marginalized, pauperized as ourselves, well, it looks like we're doing something, doesn't it? In reality, all we're doing is rowing the boat. That's right. We're all there rowing the boat while somebody's at the front giving orders and somebody's at the back enjoying the ride. And the rest of us are rowing the boat, squabbling amongst each other. Oh, His religion is different. Her sexual orientation is different. He's young. She's old. He's black. She's white. And the list goes on and on. You know, the score. All you've got to do is pick up a newspaper. Go on the net. Listen to conversation. Watch TV. Listen to radio. It's all about fighting amongst themselves the powerless, the dispossessed, the marginalised, fighting amongst themselves, while the gods, the corporate gods, get on with their business of, you know, exercising power, usurping the power of the parliamentary system. Simple. You know it. I know it. So it's quite disappointing, really, to see all this garbage on the weekend. Reclaim Australia from who? The Muslims, eh? You know? A minority in this country? Who should we be reclaiming Australia from? Obviously, those who exercise power. Now, don't forget that this weekend we see the public launch of public interests before corporate interests. A new political party community group which was established two or three weeks ago, to ensure the interests of the Australian public are put before the interests of unaccountable corporations. Sound familiar? Whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. Sound familiar? A membership. Now, membership isn't isn't just open to one-legged gay whales. Membership is open to people of all religious beliefs and those who have no religious belief. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, cultures and genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with inalienable rights and liberties no government can legislate away or corporations take away. It's not about fighting amongst each other. It's not about pointing the finger. Public interest before corporate interest is about putting the public interest before the interests of unaccountable corporations who manipulate Parliament, who manipulate the parliamentary puppets, who are the kingmakers. So there'll be a public launch, very short on speeches. If you're coming for speeches, there won't be any Speeches. Just a little picnic. There may be two people. There may be 20 people. There may be 200 people. But it doesn't matter. Rain, hail, shine. Public interest before corporate interest will be launched. It will be launched this Sunday, the 12th of April, at Seaford. Seaford? Where the heck is Seaford? Well, Seaford is one of those outer suburbs in Melbourne, which nobody talks about. So public interest before corporate interest will be launched uh, at Broughton Reserve, B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. You don't have to look it up, it's easy. It's near the Seaford Railway Station, about 30 metres from the Seaford Railway Station. It's a small reserve behind the Seaford Shopping Centre, in between the Seaford Senior Citizens Hall and Canaanook Creek. And the spirit of public interest before corporate interests bring along some food and drink to place on the communal table to share from 11am to 2pm this Sunday, the 12th of April. As I said before, hail, rain, shine. Two people, 20 people, 200. Doesn't matter. What matters is that people come together leave the comfort of their dwellings, tear themselves away from the world wide web, turn off the TV and radio and come together for this launch. Low key, no speeches. A few words, it's about meeting people. And if you want to organise a branch of public interest before corporate interest in your neck of the woods, give us a ring, email us. Email us at info at P-I-B-C-I dot net. P-I-B-C, public interest before corporate interest. Info at P-I-B-C dot net. If you want to learn more about public interest before corporate interest, if you want to become a member, if you want to have a look at the uh, membership uh, form, well, go to P-I-B-C dot net. P-I-B-C-I dot net. P-I-B-C-I dot net. Or... Leave a message in 0439 395 489. You you haven't got an internet? Don't have a phone? Don't like ringing? You can always write to us at post office box 20 Parkville 3052. People say, well, you'll never get off the ground. You'll never get 500 members who are on the electoral roll. You'll never come to anything. Nothing will ever happen. And I say to you, well, at least we tried. At least we tried. I'm sick and tired of listening to people complain. I mean, Australia has become a society of consumers. Not citizens with rights and responsibilities, but consumers who consistently complain who belong to those two great tribes that we keep talking about every week. The I'm going to do something about that tribe, and even the even bigger tribe, somebody should do something about that. Somebody should do something about that. I'm afraid that somebody is you and me and other listeners of this program, because nobody else is going to do it for you. The government's not going to do it for you. Your local government's not going to do it for you. Your state government won't do it for you. The federal government won't do it for you. Your local friendly corporation won't do it for you. Your small local small business won't do it for you. Your local political party won't do it for you. Your local cricket club won't do it for you. At the end of the day, we need to remember that every right, every responsibility that we enjoy today in this country as citizens and residents of the land of Oz is due to the blood, sweat and tears of generations of people in this country who have struggled to ensure that their children and their children's children and their friends and their neighbours do not have to suffer how they suffered. Do you think the corporate sector and business and governments, you know, Gladly offered people pensions. Do you think those rights and resp- that have been whittled away at work were given to you by some, you know, magnanimous employer? Come on. The history of this country is a history of struggle, and if you want change, if you want to roll back. Globalisation, privatisation, corporatisation, deregulation—tsunami, which has swept across not just this nation but across this planet over the past three decades—you need to become involved. I mean, I'm sick and tired of people emailing me and saying, "Great program," phoning me and saying, "Good program," agree with everything you say. What I want to see, and what other people who are involved in political and social activity in this country want to see is more people getting out of their chairs and becoming involved in activities and if you don't like anything you see you start something it's easier than you think so as i said before public interest before corporate interests come along to the picnic this sunday go to the website pibci.net join us don't complain join us Doesn't matter where you are in Australia, join us. You want to organise a picnic in your area? Organise it. We'll come along, talk to you, talk to people. It's important that we break out of the political cycle we find ourselves in. It's all about issues, isn't it? It's all about issues, single issues, Fine, single issues are important, but nothing's going to change dramatically unless the whole infrastructure changes, unless people's minds changes, unless we, that's right, we, the plural, we become actively involved and get involved in activity. You listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. My name's Joe Toscana. I'm host today's program. So if you want to reclaim Australia... From the real masters, from the puppet masters, corporate Australia, multinational Australia, transnational Australia. Well then, think seriously about joining public interests before corporate interests. Greed is good, they tell us, don't they? Well, it's fascinating, isn't it? Every week, every week, there's another seed blossoms. I mean, over the last three decades, we've been throwing out deregulation seeds, privatisation seeds, corporatisation seeds, globalisation seeds, and a handful, that's right, a handful of individuals and organisations have been saying, wrong seeds. Wrong seeds, the genetically modified, unfit for human consumption. And we've seen them sprout. For example, last week it was about the private education sector. All the rorts in the private education sector. The week before it was about the housing market, the rock rorts in the housing market. This week it's about the insurance industry and all the rorts in the insurance industry where people are sold insurances and they make their money, the people who sell the insurance from commissions, which are paid after the first month's payment is made. Big, fat commissions skew the whole industry in a direction that is designed to make commissions for people selling the insurance, not actually sell products which are useful to particular individuals. Then we've got the banking issues. And how the banking sector, the big four, the big five, have been heavily involved in activities where they rip off their own customers. And this is all a consequence of that deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatization tsunami. It's all a direct consequence of it. That's the dilemma, isn't it? A direct consequence. And what do we do? We say, well... Well, we need to remove regulations. We need to increase competition. We need to blah 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 blah. Yes, I can understand you turning off blah because that's what it sounds like. Blah 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 blah. Just twig the sides, change the laws, make them a little bit more accountable, and all be okay because we have been sowing these seeds, and now we are reaping the rewards and they ain't pleasant I know this sounds I do to say this every week but I've got to say it I mean it's quite extraordinary we have 26 million people from a population of 7 billion 26 million people who are not racked by religious divisions where people are killing each other because their God is the only God and the best God in the universe and everybody else is a bloody heathen and a non-believer and they need to be eradicated to make their God happy. Well, we don't have that shit here. We've got 27 million people living on a continent. And every day, every day you hear stories that you shouldn't hear. There is a whole industry based around homelessness. Industries based around, you know, private welfare and philanthropy. And you think to yourself, why do 25, 26 million people living on a continent have so much difficulty in looking after the basic needs of the people in this country? Why do we have so much trouble? It's a conundrum, isn't it? It's a million-dollar question. Why can't we have adequate public housing? Why can't we have an efficient public health system? So let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's join the dots. We know where the dots are. Let's join them. What's all this privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation, deregulation, garbage. What's all this blah, 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 blah? What does it all mean? What's the practical consequences? Well, the practical consequences are that governments offload their responsibilities to the private sector. This has been the big mantra. You know, public services can't run. You know, they can't run services. They're useless. Top heavy. We need to privatise it. Put it out for tender. (laughs) And do you know that for every taxation dollar that is put out for tender to provide education for the unemployed, to provide welfare? in a variety of guises, thousands of different guises, to provide public-private education, that 40 cents of every dollar goes into costs and profit for the organisation that has successfully tended to the federal government to look after the homelessness or provide some homeless service or services for the Indigenous community or services for single parents. 40 cents in every dollar. Gone. So no wonder there's never enough money in Treasury. I mean, things have got so bad that certain sections of the public service are trying to directly give resources to people who need them because in that situation only 10% of every dollar goes in costs and there's no profit motive. I mean, look at the billions of dollars that go to keeping Manus Island open, Nauru open. Billions of dollars. Over a billion. I think it's 1.5 billion every year. Look after what? 3,000 people? Hmm? If you each gave them the money, you know, you know, half of them would say, "Thanks very much" and piss off. Extraordinary. And what do you do? You have all these private companies putting their hands in the public purse, saying, "More please, more please, more please," and inadequate services being delivered. Whether it's refugees, whether it's asylum seekers, whether it's people on uh, social security benefits, whether it's the unemployed, whether it's you know private education, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And we think to ourselves, "Well, that's the way it is. That's the way it has to be." Just extraordinary. It really is extraordinary. And then it gets better. And that's what I love in living in the land of Oz. The land down under Australia, you know, Australia, the great southern land. The land which was stolen from people who'd lived here for over 40,000 years. It's great, isn't it? It really is fascinating that we tie ourselves in such knots, chasing ideological dreams. Saddled with the burdens of you know political orthodoxy, economic orthodoxy, not looking beyond the box, not looking outside the box, thinking there is only one way to do things, and that way is to give money to the private sector to deliver these services, the so-called uh, you know profit. And then it's fascinating, it really has. It's in The Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia, the community radio network. My name is Josh Skarner. This program is podcast. Yes, you can access the podcast for the next four to six weeks by going to freecr.org.au. You can always send the podcast to your favourite politician. You can send the podcast to your best friend or your worst enemy. I don't care. Just send it. Send it out there Send it to Mars Send it to Venus Send it to the black hole Send it to another galaxy But use the podcast That's what it's about That's what it's there for To give you the opportunity to re-listen Share it Claim it as your own I don't care As long as the ideas get out Now let's move on to an important subject Now I was talking about trust last week Now trust is important And anybody who trusts the federal government is a fool. Because after Mr Abbott, our beloved Prime Minister, won the last federal election, the first thing he said is, he didn't say, I govern for all Australians. The first thing he said was, this country is open for business. What he meant is that his corporate mates were about to plunder the nation for their own personal profit. And almost every promise that was made outside repealing the super-profit's mining tax and the carbon tax, which de- denied the government much-needed revenue, but that's another story, and turning back the boats. Every other promise off the agenda. And I can assure you, if they had a majority in both Houses of Parliament, their Medicare co-payment would have got through, denying unemployment benefits for the first six months to the under-30s would have got through, changes to the disability uh, pension would have got through, hundreds of other pieces of legislation which have been blocked in the Senate would have got through the Senate. Guineas to Gooseberry, they would have got through if they had a majority. Now, with the spectre of an election in 18 months' time on the horizon, Mr Rabbit has put his little blue book back in his pocket. Mr Rabbit and his cronies in the Liberal National Party are trying to smell the political wind and depending on where they are, They're happy to promise anything to anybody at any time. And that's the key, promise, 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 promise. We promise not to do this unless we get a majority in both houses of parliament then all promises are off. And why have they been brought to heel? They've been brought to heel because of people like you who have said enough is enough, who have said the last budget was the most unfairest budget we've had, one of the most unfairest budgets we've had for a long, long time. Where the revenue shortfall was going to come from the pockets of the marginalised, those earning less than 80000 a year, those on Social Security um, benefits. These were the people that were actually going to shoulder the burden the rowers were going to be asked to row faster, irrespective of the death toll on the boat, so that our friends, sipping champagne, eating grapes at the back, could actually get to their destination five minutes faster. That's what it was about. That's what was happening. I don't have to tell you that. You know that. That's what the budget was all about. But now, now, Because we do have a parliamentary system, and I'll talk about that later on, our political mates, our friends have said, oh, there may be a day of reckoning next year. We need to modify our message. We need to change our spots. Hmm? The leopard needs to change its spots, or at least cover its spots with water-soluble paint, hoping... Hoping it won't rain before the next election to expose the hypocrisy and lies that this government is based on. Not that the Alternative Liberal Party, formerly known as the Australian Labor Party, is much better. And we'll talk about them soon. So, what's the issue? Now, the government says, Oh, there's a revenue problem. There's a hole in my. Bucket, Eliza, there's a hole in my bucket, Eliza. And that hole has been jackhammered open by Corporate Australia. Those wonderful people which set the values which we love to follow in the land of Oz, Corporate Australia, men and women, in corporate Australia, transnational corporations, national corporations the list goes on and on. Now I'm not gonna bore you with the fact that these people pay voluntary taxation. You know that. You know that these twenty four carat leaners haven't done a day's work in their lives. You know that. You know that Mr Murdoch is the leader of the pack. He received an $886 million tax refund while his company made billions of dollars of profit. And I understand that they're bitching about the fact that they've got to pay GST and company tax. Boy, oh boy. And 21st Century Fox, the other arm of his little media empire, pays 0.7% tax. Oh, oh. My heart bleeds for them. My heart bleeds for them every time the Resist Murdoch's Minions gang turns up on their doorstep at 40 City Road on the first Friday of the month. My heart bleeds for them. And we've got them all. They're all out there. The Ikeas of the world, 3% tax, Dexus Property Group, which owns the property, which the Herald and Weekly Times, Murdoch's little baby in, in in Melbourne lease the buildings from, 5% tax. At least they're paying 5% tax. And BHP Billiton and Rio Tinto have given a new meaning to the Singapore Sling, a popular cocktail drink, the Singapore Sling. Well, BHP Billiton and Rio Tinto, our two greatest taxpayers like to send money offshore to Singapore where the tax rate is 2.5%. The Singapore Sling. You do it legally. Or is it legal? Is it tax avoidance? The old Singapore Sling, which so many of our transnational corporations are involved in. Forget about Vanuatu. Forget about the West Indies, the Caribbean. Forget about the Isle of Man and the Channel Islands, or Ireland. It's all about the Singapore sling. So I'm not going to bore you with that. There is a Senate investigation into tax avoidance, tax minimisation in the next few weeks and I'm sure you'll start pulling out your tissues and you'll start crying when you hear about all the taxes that Google and Apple and, you know, Pay and Microsoft and you'll feel all warm and you'll start, Tears will flood down your face when News Corporation and 21st Century Fox tell you how hard it is to make a buck in the land of Oswald, you know, while their pockets are bulging with cash. And I'm sure you'll cry tears of blood when you're told that your granny can't have her hip operation for the next four years because there isn't enough money to pay for it because these poor, poor corporate citizens can't actually even pay 10% tax I'm sure you'll you'll make the right noises you'll doff your cap you'll beg and beseech you'll pray that they will are left alone but see it's not just a matter of revenue this is what people forget it is not just a matter of revenue it's much much more Much, much more than a matter of revenue. So, there's not enough money for public hospitals. Bad luck. There's not enough money for public infrastructure. Bad luck. There's not enough money for public education. Bad luck. But it's more than that. How do you expect Australia's one million small and micro businesses which employ over five million people, about 35, 40 percent of the workforce who pay their company tax of thirty dollars, 30 cents in the dollar. how do you expect them? How do you expect them to compete? You try to find a hardware store that's not attached to one of the big three. Very few left. It'll be the same fate for independent pharmacies in the next five years. Five corporations run 40% of general practices in the land of Oz. And the list goes on and on. Think of all the chain stores that you see in terms of fast food kilometre after kilometre after kilometre after kilometre the same flashing signs so how can small business compete with companies which pay voluntary taxation you can't and what does that mean it means they go out of business and what does that mean Unemployment increases. But the pathetic fact about all this is that small business and micro and macro businesses and subcontractors blame the cost of labour for their predicament. It's all about penalty rates. It's all about the cost of labour. For example, I went out on Easter Monday, went to a coffee shop, 15% surcharge, fine, 15% Fifteen percent surcharge pays for the extra labour costs, didn't it? Bingo. The people in that coffee shop. Happy to pay that fifty percent extra surcharge, so they're served by people who've put themselves out on a on a day where they should be with their family or friends. But no, that's the problem, isn't it, as far as the small business associations are concerned. It's all about the cost of labour. How about unfair competition which occurs when the big end of town doesn't pay taxes? In the majority of cases, legally. And why don't they pay taxes legally? Because parties like the Alternative Liberal Party, Masquerade Australian Labour Party, went on this deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation kick in the 80s. Where they sold off. Profit making access assets. Look, I don't know if you, any of you have got chooks. You got a chook, you got three chooks, you may get two eggs a day, maybe one egg a day, maybe two eggs a day. But as long as you got your chooks, you get your eggs. So as long as Tel- Telstra Telecom was in public hands, there was a dividend every year, which went to the public purse. As long as Medicare. Private was in public hands Dividend Now I'll give you an example I love Medicare. Medibank Private Medibank Private was lovely We just saw The uh, Abbott led Liberal National Party Privatise Medibank Private for 5 billion What's the first thing that happened When Medibank Private was privatised Premiums For it's 1 million I think 1.5 million Holders of Medibank private insurance policies Went up between 12 and 16% While other insurance premiums went up 6% Medibank private 12 to 16% Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching So getting back to privatisation and chooks I mean you've got to make things easy You've got three chooks You get two eggs, one egg You sell your chooks You go to your chook shed No eggs You pray doesn't matter what God you pray to, no eggs. You get a virtual chook, no eggs. (laughs) Clucks for you on the internet, but no bloody eggs. It's the same with selling public assets which make profits. You sell the assets, no profit, no revenue. So revenue comes in many ways. And when you sell public assets, You create a second problem. And that second problem is you remove competition. You create cartel behavior in three or four enterprises which dominate a particular field of human endeavor, whether it's banking and banking licenses. Four banks, 80 to 90% of the uh, financial transactions in this country, 80 to 90% of the mortgages, 80 to 90% of the business lending. Now, you may not, if you may not be old enough to know that all these charges that you're charged with to, you know, give your money to a private bank, most of them came in after the Commonwealth Bank was privatised in the early 1980s. That's right. They were privatised. Shares were $2.45. They're now almost $100. Hmm? Dividends. Eight billion, sixteen billion a year from the Commonwealth Bank go to their major shareholders as well as their minor shareholders. It's all very well to say, "Well, it goes to superannuants." Who gives a shit? That's not the issue. The issue was about money coming back into the public sector. That's what it's about. So you sell the chooks, you don't have any eggs. You got to buy the eggs at a markup instead of feeding the chooks scraps or wheat or whatever you feed your bloody chooks with, you know, to get your eggs at a reasonable price, you've got to go to some corporation and buy the bloody eggs. It's extraordinary. It really is. So here we are, 2015. Here we are. So what are we doing? Well, we're playing on the internet chatting on our chat rooms, playing with our little games. Gaming is a big thing. You can even stimulate your brain for neurotransmitter, so you can push the button a bit faster. Or you can download all those DVDs and CDs so you can watch all that garbage. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Or you can pay Foxtel to watch the garbage. Or you can gamble it away. So... <coughs> Extraordinary isn't it really But there's always the other Always the other So as I said before You can have more of the same You can wait till the next election Cast your ballot Hope that the people who are elected Do the right thing by you Or you can look for alternatives You don't have to join public interests Before corporate interests You don't have to work with the Wednesday Action Group You don't have to listen to the Anarchist World this week You can do things yourselves give you a few examples We've got a few things coming up you may be interested in It's not just about economics On Friday the 1st of May We're holding a traditional May Day March That's right, the Unexperienced Institute Organised a May Day March Usually in Melbourne town May Day Marches are Organised on the first Sunday After the 1st of May Fair enough, that's their tradition But why shouldn't we on the 1st of May And guess what the 1st of May is a Friday. And what happens on Friday? Resist Murdoch's Minions Group congregates on the private property outside the Herald and Weekly Times building in South Bank, 40 City Road, midday. So this time, we'll be congregated at Federation Security 11, march across the road, down to the Herald and Weekly Times building for our banners and... Hey, presto, we'll fill up the whole forecourt. Silent vigil. It's important, it's highlighted that these people are bludgers. 24 carat leaners. 0.75% tax. Extraordinary. So if you're going to do one action this year, join us on the May Day March on the 1st of uh, May. We'll have more information for you about that then on the 3rd of June is Mabo Day. We organise activities for Mabo Day. Then we've got the 3rd of December, which is Eureka Day. And the list goes on and on. We've got the Francesco Fanting commemoration on the, uh, I think it's the 10th of November this year. Lots of things happening just outside, just economic things. The Wednesday Action Group, go to their Facebook page. Haven't got a Wednesday Action Group in your part of the woods? Former Tuesday Action Group, Monday Action Group, Saturday Action Group, whatever suit you and reclaim public space. It won't take long for the police and private security guards to try to move you on. All you're doing is holding up a bloody banner and asking a few people to sign a petition. But you're public enemy enemy number one, while the very people whose office you're standing outside of, the corporate bludgers, the 24-carat leaners, they're the citizens. They're the good citizens which we're supposed to respect and bow and genuflect to. And if we don't, there's the police there to ensure that we do. Extraordinary. Tax evaders. And we're supposed to be happy. But, you know, as I said before, you can, you know, just think about it, fume about it, forget about it, or you can do something about it. Now, next week's program, the Anarchist Will this week. Now, I usually do the programs live. I like to be there, give a little bit of cutting-edge analysis. But next week's program is going to be pre-recorded. And the week after that, which is the 22nd of April, we're going to have a special, a very special little Anzac uh, um, type of uh, program, but a special one. But next week, the 15th of April, unfortunately, I'll be in court. Yes, this constitutional matter drags on. So the program will be pre-recorded. But if you are interested, interested in following the twists and turns of this esoteric case, which hinges on the argument about whether we have a constitutional right to vote... Now, most Australians would think, and I'm talking about 99.9%, most Australians would think they have a right to vote. I'm afraid the Commonwealth thinks otherwise. And on the 15th of April, yours truly, Joseph Toscano versus the Australian Electoral Commission slash Commonwealth prosecutors, will be arguing the case that we most we have an implied right to vote. So if you're interested in following the t- twists and turns bring a packed lunch. This can take ages for a case to come to court and it can take a number of hours for the case to be run. So if you've got nothing to do on Wednesday the 15th of April and you've got to pack lunch. You can buy coffees. Come along to the Marabin Magistrates Court, which is at 1,144, I think, Nepean Highway, Hyatt. Now, the nearest train station is the Hyatt train station, which is at least a 15-minute walk. Uh, I wouldn't chance other public transport. I think there's the occasional bus But if you do want to be involved in this case and want to be in the public gallery, because these are open courts, and uh, I am always happy to have people there, you'll see a David and Goliath struggle, which I've got about a 0.1% chance of winning. But the important thing is, we will find out at the end of the day whether voting is a right or a duty in this country. A right or a duty. And those of you who don't know the history of compulsory voting in Australia, it's a very interesting history because during World War I, Australia was a divided nation, a divided nation. On one side, you had the God, King and Country Brigade and on the other side, you had the Peace Movement and the Anti-Conscription Movement, a very divided nation, Australia was during World War I. And two referendums plebiscites on conscription were held in December 1916 and October 1917. And Mr. Billy Hughes, who was a Labor Prime Minister, crossed the floor after the loss of the 1916 uh, conscription referendum and uh, I think it was before or after, and he joined the Conservatives to form a new government. But at the October 1917 election, Mr. Hughes promised to resign if he lost... The conscription ballot, and he lost the conscription ballot. He resigned for one day and then asked the Governor General to reappoint him and his government. Now, by the early 1920s, hundreds of thousands of people were refusing to participate in parliamentary elections, and the voting turnout was so low, the very question of the legitimacy of elected governments was called into question. So, how did Parliament resolve the issue? By introducing compulsory voting That's right By introducing compulsory voting in 1924 And for the last 91 years We have had compulsory voting in the land of Oz So if you're interested in see how this little case plays out And I will do a report maybe uh, in two weeks time Or three weeks time You've got time Better entertainment than the world wide web Or a game show or days of our lives, or the bold and the beautiful, well, then turn up, 9.30am, be ready for it, be there all day. Could take a few hours for the case to come up, and then who knows how long it'll last. But it'll be interesting. I assure you that it'll actually be interesting. Won't be the normal, run-of-the-mill magistrate's intervention order case. This is interesting. We're looking at a constitutional question. So, turn up. Do we have a right to vote, or is it our duty to vote? very important difference of rights and of duties. If we don't have a right to vote, does that mean Parliament can pass legislation to remove the right to vote of all redheads because Australians don't like redheads? There's no constitutional guarantee to the right to vote. It's up to the majority in both houses of Parliament who is allowed to exercise that franchise. Do we have universal adult franchise or do we have adult franchise which is determined by Parliament essential questions we go, which go to the very essence and the core of the type of society we are so if you are interested as I said before this program will be pre-recorded next week won't be up to date as usual but it will be pre-recorded turn up to the court 9.30am Moorabbin Magistrates Court 1144 the and Highway Hyatt in Melbourne nearest uh, station Hyatt station about 20 minute walk from the uh, court you could try to get a bus if you want to I know it's a long way out but you never know your luck in a big city if you don't try if you don't exercise your rights if you don't test the law nothing changes in an era where it's impossible to actually get parliamentary reform as far as the uh as far as citizens-initiated referendums are concerned, as far as the power of recall is concerned, as far as direct democratic principles is concerned, when nobody's interested in uh, in uh, reforms to the parliamentary system, to the electoral system, maybe it's the only way by by taking issues to court that we can actually galvanise some interest in this idea, these ideas. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, other assorted independent stations out there. Thank you once again for listening to us on the Community Radio Network. You can ring us on 0439 395 489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org. You can go to... Pipsy.net, become a member. Join us at the picnic this Sunday, 11 till 2, Broughton Park, behind the Seaford Shopping Centre, 30 metres from the Seaford Railway Station in Melbourne, between Kenanock Creek and the Community Centre. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Whatever you do, whatever you do, give up your membership of the Gunner Tribe, and somebody should do something about that tribe. It's about time you tore up your membership card and said, I've had enough. You're better off being part of the disillusioned, cynical tribe than actually being part of that tribe. Listen in to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station next week. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week. Evil minds that plot destruction construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist Wall this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, larger...